You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, in this week's episode, we are going to focus in on something that if you have not experienced it, you do not know how much frustration and anger can come from dealing with this. But we're going to be dealing with pocket gophers. Now, pocket gophers can be a really frustrating thing to deal with. And so we're going to talk in this episode about some do-it-yourself methods that you can use to try and eliminate these things from your property and try and deal with them. How to identify them, how to identify a male from a female, and to see what's going on. We're also going to talk with some professionals in the industry, uh, the owner of a company called Idaho Gopher Control, as well as uh, Jim Martell, who is the director of Canyon County's Pest Department. And I need to give you an explanation as to why in the world I am qualified to talk about this, as I'm going to do a segment on my own, just telling you about some of my do-it-yourself tips. Uh, the company, Idaho Gopher Control, we're going to have the owner of that on, but that is a company I actually founded in 2012, and I did all of the extermination and all of the work on uh, the first four years that company was in existence. And then uh, last year brought on an employee named John Turpin. And he wound up purchasing the company from me uh, this spring. And so we're going to bring him on for an update as to what he is seeing out in the Treasure Valley area of Idaho so far this year. And just, you know, what is worse? What What is the worst we're seeing? Gophers or, or the other things he treats and what he is doing uh, to eliminate gophers and, and give you some tips and suggestions on that. But in addition to having uh, one of the professional service providers in the area on, I wanted to uh, bring on one of our county pest control agencies to let you know what's available to you there as well and then give you my own tips and suggestions on do-it-yourself methods. So one way or another... Uh, depending on if you're the do-it-yourself type or the person who wants to get a professional out there to help you, we can help you get these issues and these animals taken care of and off of your property. So we'll start out with a segment of me giving you uh, some do-it-yourself tips, and then we'll jump into our interviews with our professionals. Well, let's start off with talking about gophers. And gophers seem to be probably the biggest pest that we deal with Although I will tell you that voles and ground squirrels, they can cause a lot of damage. And in a lot of ways, I think they cause more damage than gophers actually do. But we'll start off with gophers because those the, those pocket gophers, they are the number one biggest nuisance and probably the most frustrating one we deal with because they're the most difficult to figure out where they're at and the most difficult to figure out how to get rid of them. So I want to I want to explain a couple things. A lot of people will refer to a ground squirrel as a gopher. And that's technically not true and and the way you can tell a difference is you will almost never see a pocket gopher. You will see ground squirrels. They will come up, they'll stand on top of their holes or right out of the right outside of their holes and they will chirp and they will run around on the surface and then if you get anywhere near to them they'll run back and dive down into their holes that is a ground squirrel and if you have those you're going to see holes that are going to be three to four inches in diameter and they're going to be left open and you'll see the ground squirrels running around on top and you'll hear them chirping if you have gophers and a lot of people get these two mixed up if you have gophers all you're going to see is a big pile of dirt that has appeared out in your backyard or on your property. And that's how you tell the difference of those two. A gopher will always plug with dirt the opening to its tunnel. 
So you should not find open gopher holes. Now, occasionally you will. Uh, maybe you might walk up on a gopher who was just extracting dirt from their tunnel system and you scared them back down so they didn't have time to fill it with dirt. That's one possibility. And if that's the case, the dirt's going to look very, very fresh, just like something that you would want to plant a garden in. They, they till the soil underground for you. And actually, when they first pile soil up on the surface, it's really, really good looking soil uh, because they've, they've dug it all up and aerated it. And so if you see that fresh looking soil with an open hole, you probably actually just scared, scared the gopher off and he's, he's right down below the surface. But if you walk up and there's a pile of dirt, but there's an open hole and it's old and it's wide open, it looks like it's been used quite a bit, then that's likely not a gopher. Other times, later in the summer, when soil conditions get very, very dry, the, the dirt that the gophers plug their gopher holes with may fall in. And so you see some open holes. That happens sometimes. And what gophers will do under those circumstances is if their plugs keep caving in because they get dry and there's no bonding from moisture in the soil to hold that dirt together, they will come deeper down in the tunnel and they'll plug it in an area where the, where the tunnel is flat rather than vertical. And that way it doesn't cave in. So there's actually still a plug in that tunnel. It's just deeper inside. So let's talk about gophers for a second. A gopher is a rodent that's going to live underground and they're going to feed on roots. So they will literally pluck vegetables out of your garden. They'll pull flowers down. They'll destroy rose bushes by eating on all the roots uh, to the point where your rose bush doesn't look right and you grab it and pull on it and it just lifts right up because all the roots have been eaten off by gophers. They will eat weeds. As a matter of fact, and this is something I observed over my career doing this for a living and and owning the company, is gophers actually seem to prefer a dry, weedy area to a really thick and lush lawn. And it's always surprising to me where you'll see tons of gopher mounds out in an area that's dry, it's got dried up cheat grass and other weeds on it, and then here's this nice lawn that's adjacent to it and there's not gophers in in that lawn area. My theory on this is that once your lawn is really healthy and really well established, it creates that that thatch underneath or it creates that that web of sod underneath and I think it's very difficult for the gophers to feed off of that and very difficult for them to pop the holes up to create their mounds of dirt so they prefer those other areas that's my theory I don't have anything other than just my observations to base that on but that is my theory but with that said gophers are very very territorial now if you have a pocket gopher and if you're seeing mounds of dirt here's what you can count on unless it is breeding season where there will be a male and a female gopher in the tunnel system together or if the female gopher has just had pups there's only going to be one gopher in that tunnel system gophers are really territorial and as soon as their pups are old enough and mature enough to go out on their own they get kicked out of the tunnel system. So what this means to you as as a property owner or somebody who's trying to keep up a piece of property is if you do have that lawn that is adjacent to that area that's got a lot of gophers in it, as those gophers reproduce and as they breed, as soon as those pups are able to live on their own, they're going to get kicked out and they're going to have to move in a direction to where they're not having conflicts with other gophers. 
So even though I believe they prefer those dry, weedy areas to your really nice lawn, eventually, because of territorial disputes and population densities of gophers, they will get forced onto or into your lawn area, into your your berms, into your fields, uh, that uh, your nice pasture fields where they wouldn't necessarily want to go. They will get forced into those areas. So I don't want you to think based on my observations that there's no risk to them coming to your lawn. They'll definitely come to your lawn, but only after they get forced into that area. So need to have the understanding that with gophers, we're seeing probably on average two litters per year in our area, sometimes three, maybe sometimes four, depending on how winter goes. And each time they're probably having four to six pups and, you know, you can count on half of those surviving and half of those being female. And so you can see how that population can really grow very, very rapidly. So it's important to take care of these nuisance pests before they get really, really active and their population just explodes on you. And of course, in certain conditions, uh, they reproduce even faster, they grow even faster, and they survive even better. And as many of our farmers can attest to on sprinkler irrigated alfalfa, that is one of those places. They thrive in those areas. So uh, it's something that you want to get a handle on quite quickly. And, And let's talk about how you can do that right after this break. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B Supply. D&B knows that your boots are probably the hardest working gear you put on for the day, so they need to fit well, give you plenty of arch support, and have tons of grit to match your determination. And that's what sets White's Boots apart. White's Boots are an American tradition, handcrafted in the U.S. for over 150 years. And whether you're going to work on the ranch, in the field, or on the fire line, White's Boots will be there for you every step of the way. White's Boots, the all-leather legend, available at your favorite D&B supply. So under normal circumstances, outside of breeding season, you're going to have only one gopher in each tunnel. Now, if you're seeing a long line of mounds of dirt, they're kind of lined out almost in a straight line, that's probably a male gopher who is traveling, looking for a mate, and that's why you're seeing mounds that may stretch out for 25 feet in like almost a straight line. If you're seeing like a little semicircle of big mounds of dirt, that's probably a female, and she's nesting, and she's staying in one place. Either way, we're going to deal with them in the same manner. Uh, But people often wonder why you see the difference. That is why you see the difference. So there's a number of do-it-yourself methods out there, and then there's some professional services you can hire as well. Now, one of the things you'll see when you go in looking for do-it-yourself methods on gopher extermination will be those smoke bombs that you can buy. What these require is they require for you to find the gopher's tunnel. This is much easier said than done, but they're going to require you to find the gopher's tunnel, open it up, light the smoke bomb, insert it down into the tunnel, and then cover it back up. Now, this method, well, we'll talk about 
one of the shortcomings with it, and it's no fault of its own. Uh, it's a good method for do it yourself, but your your effectiveness is going to be reduced somewhat compared to some other methods because of how gophers can mitigate uh, these smoke bombs. So the first thing is let's talk about how to find a gopher tunnel, and and we're on radio and and we're on on podcasts, so trying to describe it audibly creates some challenges. But if if you Google or if you just look up uh, what a gopher mound looks like, you can find diagrams online that will show you how to identify where the tunnels are likely to be. But if you've ever looked at a gopher mound, you've seen this pile of dirt, and then it makes almost a kidney shape or a semicircle shape, and then in the middle of that semicircle, you see a piece of dirt that looks circular. You see like a little round circle right in the middle of that sea. That's what we call the plug. And what that means is, is that the gopher was tunneling along. They built up too much dirt down in their tunnel system and they had to extricate some of that dirt out. And so they came to the surface and that's where they formed that circle. They tunneled to the surface and then they started carrying dirt and throwing it out of the tunnel and that created the mound. Now, when a gopher's tunneling along, they'll pop up and they will throw the dirt out generally in the same direction that they had been traveling. So generally in the same direction they've been traveling, which means if you can find that that plug or that round piece of dirt in that mound, then the tunnel of the gopher will likely be traveling the opposite direction or away from that C-shape. Uh, so if you're looking at that mound of dirt where that plug is, the tunnels are going to be on the same side of that dirt as the plug moving away from the pile. And if you can take a long instrument, like a long screwdriver, a piece of metal, a garden tool that's that's almost like a stake, you can start sticking it through the dirt in that area where you're likely to find the tunnel and feel the resistance of the dirt on that probe. And then all of a sudden that probe will give way. And that means that you've hit the tunnel and you've found the tunnel. And that's where you should start digging with a little uh, a garden trowel or something like that. You can use a big shovel if you like. But what I like to do is I like to get down on my knees with a small little garden uh, digging instrument and follow where I probed, dig down in there probably three to six inches, and then reach down on my hand and start pulling dirt out by hand. And then all of a sudden you can feel where the tunnel gives way. Once you've pulled that dirt out and you've found that tunnel, it will be very, very obvious. It's going to be about three inches in diameter, and it's going to go in there, and it's likely going to curve, or it's going to branch off, and there's going to be a fork in the road where the tunnel's going to go two different directions. Now, this is important for if you're going to be inserting poison pellets, if you're going to use smoke bombs, or if you're going to use traps. Uh, If you're going to go as far as to purchase your own machine for trying to... Uh, use concussive force through propane explosions, this is important as well. So now you have found the tunnel. If you're going to use a smoke bomb, uh, what you're going to do now is you're going to have all your dirt and everything ready, all your protective equipment, and you're going to light that smoke bomb, insert it into the tunnel, then cover that back up while not extinguishing the smoke bomb. So all that smoke that's coming out uh, will go into the tunnel system and hopefully not right back out into your face. Hopefully you trap as much of that smoke in the tunnel system as you can. Now, like I said, you're going to have, you can be effective with this method, but your efficacy or your effectiveness will be diminished somewhat because when you try to use a low pressure 
uh, smoke or carbon monoxide method like hooking a hose to a tailpipe of a car or a lawnmower or something like that, if you don't have good pressure behind it, then what will happen is if the gopher is deep in the tunnel system, they will smell that gas coming towards them and they will actually retreat deeper into the tunnel system and push dirt up between themselves and that smoke and they will just wait until it dissipates and so under those circumstances you probably will not exterminate that gopher now in some occasions you'll find the gopher very close to where you're inserting the smoke or it could be carbon monoxide or whatever it may be and under those circumstances your chances of exterminating that gopher really increase. So if you've used smoke bombs before or if you're considering it, just know on some occasions that gopher's not going to come back and you're going to go, wow, I think I got them. In other cases, you're going to say these things don't work at all. And that's not the case. It's just that their effectiveness is not quite as high as some other methods. Now, with poison pellets, which are still available, you can buy over the counter, uh, you're going to do the same thing. And I would encourage you, if you're going to use these poison pellets, to go ahead and buy the tool that you can buy for applying the poison pellets. And all that is is a probe. So just like we just discussed, when you're using this, you're going to probe where you believe the tunnel is likely to be located based on your observations of the gopher mound. And once you feel that probe give way and go into the gopher tunnel, then you can, with a a trigger on this mechanism, you can release uh, one of the poison pellets into the tunnel right there, and you never, ever have to dig it up. And then the hope is, is that the gopher will come along, consume these poison pellets, and they will be exterminated in that manner. Now, one of the things that can happen when you're doing this, and and these poison pellets are, are highly regulated by the EPA, so there's only a certain amount of active ingredient in them. So one of the things that can happen with these poison pellets is that if a gopher comes along who only samples it, doesn't consume enough of it to be exterminated on that first attempt, the gopher may get a sick feeling or feel sick and then never eat those again because it's identified it as a food source uh, that it made it ill or made it sick. And so under those circumstances, uh, there's a there's a good chance that the poison pellets aren't going to work for you. So again, they're, they're a tool that works, uh, but they're not going to work each and every time because of these different things and these variations in the gophers that you're trying to exterminate. All right, well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, uh, we'll continue on with this discussion, and we'll talk about using traps to control these gophers. They say legends aren't born, they're made. At Justin Boots, they're made to last, and that's why you can find this legendary Western footwear at D&B Supply. In 1879, Justin Boot Company mastered the craft of boot making. Then they spent the next century and a half perfecting it. Today, Justin Boots are still a U.S.-made tradition and an icon of Western culture. Fit for men, women, and kids alike. When you need to wear it well, Western style, stop on by D&B Supply for Justin Boots. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hard-working and hard-playing people in the West, and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. All right, well, now that we're back, 
let's talk about using traps. So traps, again, require you to find the tunnel. You're going to find the tunnel in the identical way as we described earlier in the episode. And then, if you're using traps, you're going to insert the trap in one way or another. So, for example, if you're using what is commonly referred to as a gut clinch trap, with the more technical name being a DK1 trap, then this trap, you're going to you're going to set the trigger, me- trigger me- mechanism and you're going to place it down inside the tunnel. So it's going to go all the way inside the tunnel and you're going to want to set one into each branch of the tunnel that you found and put it right there. Now, here's what I would encourage you to do if you're using this trap. There's going to be a little eyelet at the end of that trap. Spike something through there, a big nail, a big heavy spike. Put something through that. So after you trap the gopher, the gopher cannot drag the trap back down into the tunnel. And if a coyote or a dog or something like that comes around, they can't remove your trap to take off with the gopher. So spike it down. And then you're going to want to use some grass or something like that to bait the trap. Put it right ahead of the trigger mechanism. And then you're going to want to cover up that hole without fouling the trap with dirt and leave just a little bit of air and a little bit of sunlight coming through uh, to draw the gopher to the trap. Because here's what's going to happen. When you open up that tunnel, the gopher is going to see the light coming in and they're going to smell the fresh air coming in. And their natural instinct is to come and plug that tunnel back with dirt. So you, that's what's going to draw them to the trap. But one of the risks with trapping is that when the gopher gets there, they start filling the tunnel with dirt before they get into the trap. And so they'll actually fill the trap with dirt and then the, you won't catch them. So that's why I put a little bit of grass just ahead of the trigger to hopefully trick the gopher so when it gets there, it will see, it will smell the grass, and it will want to move forward to get that grass, stuff its its cheeks full of that grass to t- take back down to the nesting area before it plugs it with dirt, and that'll draw it into the trap and get it far enough in there that you can actually trap it. So that's, that's the trick I use. I've had this work, and I've had it not work. It works 75 to 90% of the time for me. Occasionally, I'll get one that for some reason it's filling my trap with dirt even though I'm taking those steps. So what I'll do under those circumstances, I'll get some rocks or something like that. I'll cover the hole over and then I'll cover it all with dirt and I'll make it air and uh, I'll, I'll exclude all fresh air and light from it again and just count on the gopher coming through and its natural travels through the tunnel system. And usually I, if I make that adjustment, I can get that gopher that I wasn't able to get otherwise. Now, there's a bunch of other great traps. There's box traps, uh, there's cinch traps, and they all have their different ways of of drawing the gopher in and being useful, and they work very, very well. Uh, my advice would be to go online, look at some videos that instruct you on how to trap gophers, and kind of decide which to use. I will tell you that I have had the most luck using the DK1 or the the uh, the gut clinch traps. Uh, for me, getting that, that trap down in the tunnel gives me the best chance of not having the gopher foul the trap. Now, another method you might consider with gophers is predators. Uh, if you don't keep cats, cats will actually catch gophers and exterminate them for you. Now, this if you have a bad infestation, this is not your solution. 
But if you've had one or two around, a cat may take care of that for you and it may eliminate your problem. Um, so keeping a cat is very good. It's also going to be really good for voles as we talk about those coming up as well. Uh, but another thing that's possible is to put in an owl box and let owls move under your property and actually hunt uh, the gophers for you at night. Now, I'm not going to talk much about that because our guest from Canyon County is going to talk about putting up owl boxes and the service that they provide to their residents in Canyon County. And so we'll discuss it then. But that's actually a, a fairly uh, reasonable option for you as well. If it comes to hiring a professional, you can hire somebody to come out and trap for you. You can hire somebody to come out and apply poison pellets for you. And you can also hire people to come out with a machine that will inject uh, propane, a, a mixture of propane and oxygen into the tunnels, and they will actually ignite it and create an explosion. And what's supposed to happen is the concussive force from the explosion is supposed to exterminate the gopher, and it's supposed to cave in the tunnel so the, t the existing tunnel system disappears. And then there is another service. This is the service that we provided when I owned my company, uh, which is fumigation with carbon monoxide. And I mentioned that earlier, but uh, the secret to companies that use this method of fumigation is they put pressure behind the carbon monoxide. So they actually never dig up the tunnel. They insert a probe into the tunnel and they inject carbon monoxide in at a really, really high pressure. So it displaces all the oxygen and it puts the gophers to sleep. Uh, to, to put it gently. So um, those are some, some professional services you can hire to come out and deal uh, with these rodents for you as well. D&B knows that life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today, and these are the values that have made Wrangler the defining Western brand since 1947. Wrangler Apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western heritage like a boot in a stirrup. For clothing that's a good value and steeped in Western values, stock up on Wrangler at your favorite D&B supply. When you need to feed every horse in the barn, D&B's got just the feed for every horse at every life stage. Purina Strategy. Whether your horses are growing, breeding, showing, or performing, Purina Strategy delivers the right density of protein, energy, and fat with less starch for more endurance and stamina overall. Get better performance no matter the stage with Purina Strategy Horse Feed. Available at your favorite D&B supply. All right, everybody. Well, now that we're back, I want to check in with John Turpin. Uh, he is the owner of Idaho Gopher Control, and he is the person who purchased this company from me. So how are you today, John? Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks for joining me. And uh, so as I was telling everybody in the first segment of the show, uh, you purchased Idaho Gopher Control from me just about uh, two months ago, I guess. Yes, almost and, exactly. And you have not stopped since. <laughs> Just for rain, that's it. Just for rain. All right. Well, I, you know, I, there's a lot I could talk about, but I wanted to have a guest on to discuss what's going on around the Treasure Valley when it comes to, to voles and ground squirrels and gophers and rock tucks and everything like that. So since you've been so busy and uh, nice of you to take the time out to talk to me today, I wanted to ask you what you've been seeing in terms of uh, how active we are with, with all these burrowing little pests we have in the valley this year. The gophers are the worst. They're having pups, and the pups are just now coming out, or within the last few weeks. Okay. 
as opposed to the end of March last year. Ground squirrels are pretty bad. The voles haven't been that bad this year, and the rock chucks are out of control. Okay. Well, let's start with the gophers. So when you say the gophers are having pups, you're talking about baby gophers. Yes. Okay. And and so for the homeowner uh, or the farmer or whoever it may be that's listening, and they're they're seeing something going on in their property, how can they tell if what they're looking at is a gopher pup? You'll see the mound from the adult and then a little puffs of dirt all around it, and that's a pup. That's a baby. Okay. So when you say a little puff of dirt, uh, what does that look like? About the size of a, a top of a cup, um, and it just comes out of the ground about half an inch, okay. quarters of an inch, and okay. that's it. So it's just like you could be walking along, say, in, in a piece of grass or something like that, and look down, and you're just going to see like a circle of dirt. Yes, exactly. Right down there flat. Okay. Yep. All right, and now when it comes to the gophers, uh, an adult gopher, how how can somebody distinguish an adult gopher from uh, some other pest that's on their property? What are they looking for there? Well, the gophers are going to leave a mound. The voles are going to leave holes. Okay. Ground squirrels are going to leave holes. Ground squirrels are bigger holes than go than the vole holes, but you know you're going to have the trails with the ground squirrels and the voles. Okay. You're not going to have them with the gophers. Okay, and. When you say that the the rock chucks are out of control this year, so what are we looking at? Like, what's different this year than than what you've seen in the past? Must have been a long winter. You know, they had more time to recreate down there while it was still frozen. <laughs> okay, and it was just nuts. They're they're everywhere. What are you able to do in your business to treat rock chucks? Under what conditions can you can you treat them? In the dirt. If they if they burrow in the dirt, then I can get them. If they're in a rock pile, there's no way to contain the gas to okay. kill them. You said contain the gas, so I guess it would be a good time to, to explain. And, and I talked in the previous se- uh, segment about uh, many of the different methods we can use uh, for home remedies and things like that to control these animals. But when it comes to uh, what you do at Idaho Gopher Control, how do you go about exterminating these animals? It's a carbon monoxide gas. And with the machine, since I've upgraded it, it's producing a more concentrated carbon monoxide, less air, and it's killing them even better now. But, uh, you know, we find the tunnels for the gophers in three, three and a half, four minutes, depending on the ground, uh, whether it's wet or dry. Mm -hmm. If it's dry, the, the gas doesn't stay in as well, so we treat them longer. Um voles or, or ground squirrels it's the same way uh put a hose down the hole for a bull or a, or a ground squirrel mm-hmm. pack the holes close so the gas doesn't escape in three and a half minutes and they're they're good rock chucks take quite a bit longer depending on the size um, it can take 15 to 20 minutes to kill to eliminate a rock chuck i thought it was important to have you on i wanted to uh, give our listeners full knowledge of kind of all the different methods that are available to them uh, out there to exterminate uh, gophers, ground, you know, whatever they're having trouble with in their lawn, in their ground, anything that's burrowing. I wanted to give them a number of options, do it themselves all the way up to to hiring a, a professional company or service to come out and deal with that. I really appreciate you taking the time to stop by and talk to us about uh, the way that you go about the extermination and, and hear what you're seeing. But it sounds like gophers and rock chucks are having quite a year here. 
Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. John, thank you very much for stopping by, and good luck to you the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Hamilton Carhartt started sweating the details back in 1889. Carhartt started to stitch together workwear made to stand up to steel, smoke, and the Industrial Revolution. Ever since, Carhartt gear has survived in the most rugged corners of the world and thrived in the harshest conditions at work or home. In 1959, a couple of fellas named Dutch and Bud set up their first supply shop in Idaho to outfit people in the West with only the best. When you need the stuff of legends, even just to make it through the workday, stop in for some Carhartt at your favorite D&B Supply. What's the buzz? Backyard beekeeping is a happening trend all over the West, and D&B Supply has the gear you need to get in on the hive mentality. Think inside the beekeeping box with supplies by Miller Manufacturing, including a 10-frame beginner's hive kit that has what you need to get started in one sweet package. It includes a 10-frame hive with installed frames, smoker, smoke fuel, hive tool, bee brush, and frame feeder. Better add this one to your honey-do list, or at least to your shopping list for D&B. All right, well now let's check in with Jim Martell, the director of Canyon County's Pest Department. Well, joining me now is Jim Martell. He is the director of the Canyon County Pest Department, as well as the superintendent of Canyon County's Noxious Weed Department. Jim, thank you very much for coming on with me today. Thanks for uh, asking for information. <laughs> well, happy to share it and, and happy to speak with you about, uh, you know, how we take care of, of gophers and, and what the counties do and, and around our state and so i wanted to start off by just asking you a question that i think a lot of people may not know the answer to and that is what does the canyon county pest department do we have designated through the uh, state code one pest in canyon county and that's the pocket gopher okay it's really an issue historically because of crop damage and the damage the gopher's tunnel will cause the erosion to our irrigation system. A canal break, because of a pocket gopher, creates a lot of trouble. Sure, I bet. Also, pocket gophers, historically, this ground was all irrigated by gravity furrows through the field and uh the gophers favorite food is alfalfa Mm -hmm. in this county and so they will get in the fields eat the roots and then they leave the tunnels whereby the irrigation water gets to travel and erode those tunnels and create a lot of damage i send people to the commercial uh stores to get traps, we'll offer training for no charge. I know that DNB on their shelves has a variety of traps. They have uh, different selections of uh, smoke bombs that will maybe run them away. And I do know they have selections of bait. And uh, we, if, if any person in the county wants to go down and purchase their own supplies, we'll send somebody out to show them how to use them. And that's, that's a service. That's no charge for that. We pay $1 a tail. If you bring the tails into my department, sign an affidavit that you caught the gophers in Canyon County. The bounty program is simply that people within Canyon County, 
if they go out and they trap gophers, uh, then they remove the tail and bring them to you, and you'll pay $1 for every gopher that, they have, that they've caught and exterminated. We will pay for those gophers that the trapper says he has caught outside of the city limit boundaries. Okay. Also, the Boise Project Board of Control Irrigation Company, they will pay their patrons $1 a tail for uh, gophers delivered to their office. Mm-hmm. Now, what other services does Canyon County Pest Department, what other services do they offer when it comes to gophers for residents of Canyon County? I have one of the best trappers that I know of on staff. And uh, if you call in and you want us to come out and catch your gopher, we'll send Roger out and he'll set as many traps as he can in whatever time it takes. And uh, we'll charge $20 an hour for while he's setting the traps. Then we'll charge another $20 for him to come back and pick up the traps in 24 or 48 hours. It's a minimum $40 charge. And that, through the website and the word of mouth, the last two or three years, he's just been as, about as busy as he can be doing that service for the public. We also have another unique program that we've started, and uh, it's a fairly green program. We have used some of the levy to fund the barn owl nesting program, Mm -hmm. whereas barn owls are a predator for gophers and voles and field mice. We have uh, gathered up some equipment and we will build uh, the Barn Owl Hotel Hilton and we will (laughs) install it in your area. Uh, We'll go out and look and see if it's it's, uh, acceptable and we will put up a barn owl nest on a pole and we charge uh, for that service. Okay. Now, do I remember correctly that uh, while you obviously offer that to residents of Canyon County, that uh, you your agency would be willing to put those up outside of Canyon County just at a different cost? Am I remembering that correctly? We've done a little bit of that in the past. There is a, a new private company uh, offering that service now, and that outfits out of Ada County. So I hesitate to uh, compete with a private company. Sure. But uh, we will we will put them up in Canyon County. Okay. And now, is this something that is mandated by the state? Does every county have a department like Canyon County Pest Department to help people and property owners with things like this? Some counties have districts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, there are various ways that they operate. It's all up to the, uh, commissioners, uh, how they want to set them up. Well, Jim, thank you so much for taking the time today to kind of explain to us this service. I I wish I could interview every county, uh, who does this and, and find out specifically for the people who live in those counties, you know, just exactly what services are offered to them, but they, they should just, uh, get onto their county's website or go down to the county office and, and check into this to see if they've got a weed and pest control department or, uh, something where they can get some assistance with these, these rodents. Would that be good advice? Usually 
if there's going to be a pest department, a call to the noxious weed department will get them that answer. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you. That's great information so people can find out if they can get some assistance with this where they live. Thank you so much for coming on today, Jim, and sharing this with us. You bet, Matt. Well, I had intended to cover do-it-yourself methods and professional control methods of voles and ground squirrels as well as rock chucks in depth on this episode as well but there's just too much good content from our guests so tune in next week we're going to follow up this episode next week and we're going to discuss how you can deal with voles uh, rock chucks and ground squirrels on your property because certainly in addition to gophers those are a huge pest for us out here in the west Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>